Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Coming up on Taking Stock, supply and demand rule the day. U.S. debt increasingly the only debt available with a plus side yield. We'll talk about U.S. debt and the demand for U.S. Treasuries. And then later in the half hour, we're going to look at the stock market jobs report hitting it square in the nose. We're going to find out what's next for stocks as well. Now, let's go to Charlie Pellet. He's in the newsroom with the Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, Pim. Let us begin with crude oil. Oil explorers put drilling rigs back to work in U.S. fields for only the second time this year. The supply and demand began to come closer into balance. Baker Hughes said rigs targeting crude rose by 9 to 325 after two Two were dropped last week. Crude oil today is down 42 cents. West Texas Intermediate, 48.75 a barrel, a drop there of nine-tenths of one percent. The argument for a June interest rate hike from the Federal Reserve has evaporated after today's jobs report. The U.S. economy added just 38,000 new jobs. The unemployment rate fell to 4.7% in May from 5% the month before. Walmart shareholders are meeting today. Bloomberg's Shannon Pettypiece is covering the gathering in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And we asked her about the implications of today's jobs report on Walmart. It never looks good for a company when people are out of work, when people have less money in their pocket. But Walmart's historically done very well in a down market. Um, earlier this year, their stock did really well when we there were all these jitters if we're entering another recession. I'm looking at their stock today. It's not really down that much. The company is a defensive play because as people see their wages get down, they get worried about their job security, they trade down. They look to retailers like Walmart, Dollar General, um, Aldi, rather than Macy's, Target, Nordstrom. Those are the companies you're going to see more jitters about here. The 10-year up 27, 30 seconds. Yield there, 1.70%. Gold surging $32 the ounce to 12.44, a gain of 2.6%. S&P down 4 to 21.01, a drop of 0.2%. We're brought to you by Brown University, where the new executive master in cybersecurity prepares leaders in law, technology, and business to face tomorrow's greatest threats. And now let's take a look at some of the other stories making news. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Scarlett Fu. This news update is brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. Chicago's troubled police department is releasing 300 video clips from about 100 incidents. Under a new policy, the department will release any videos of a police encounter within 60 days of the incident. It is the city's latest attempt to regain public trust in its local law enforcement. Sharon Fairley is the chief administrator of Chicago's Independent Police Review Authority. Those include officer-involved shootings, any discharge of a taser and that results in death or great bodily harm, and incidents that occur in police custody that result in death or great bodily harm to a citizen. The police union opposes the policy, saying the videos don't tell the entire story. Mayor Rahm Emanuel says there's a lot more work to do on the issue of transparency. Nearly the entire half of Texas is under a flash flood watch or warning. Days of heavy rains are lingering in creeks and rivers. And storms off the Gulf of Mexico are threatening to worsen flooding near Houston. Three Texas prisons have been evacuated. 
Texas Governor Greg Abbott is visiting the area today. Michelle Obama delivered her final commencement speech as First Lady today. She was at City College, where she addressed more than 3,000 members of the class of 2016. Mrs. Obama also received an honorary doctorate of humane letters from the 169-year-old public institution. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Scarlett Fu. Charlie? And we thank you. And again, recapping the S&P 500 index down four points now to 2,100, a drop of two-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pelleton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Debt, U.S. Treasury debt. Consider this. There is about $40 trillion worth of outstanding debt among the G10 nations. How much of that can be found in U.S. bills and notes? Well, of the 35% that isn't overseas, about 60% of it is in the United States. Let's find out more from George Congalves. He is the head of United States interest rate strategy at Nomura Securities. George, thanks very much for being with us. Thanks for having me. So I, I pick on this issue having to do with the uh, negative yields because about 35% of all the outstanding debt in these G10 nations bears a negative yield. Is that what continues to entice investors to buy U.S. Treasuries, particularly at the short end of the curve? Look, I think there's a combination of what we saw today in the data. Fundamentals obviously st- are still not strong enough for the Fed to really embark on a fast hiking campaign, and, and that, you know, further lends itself for people to be comfortable holding the front end of the yield curve. But you're absolutely right. The the fact that, you know, global rates are low or in many cases negative really makes our paper attractive. And so I think that that anchoring effect, which has been with us really since the BOJ and the ECB uh, started these massive QE programs and negative rate stories for the last couple of quarters has really helped our paper you know, trade well. And in fact, that's probably one of the reasons why the the 10-year note has stayed in this range, right? Uh, actually, today it's 1.70. So it's if you thought the bottom of the range is 1.75 and the top was two, it's it's broken through that again. Uh, what about that? Is, is the if the, if the economy is weakening, we know it was only one jobs report, 38,000 net new jobs. Maybe it gets revised up. Maybe the next one goes up closer to 200,000, and this is a fluke. But if it's not, does that mean that this rally continues even at, at the long end? Could that 10-year note break below 1.7 towards 1.6 or 1.5? It's possible. I mean, I think you have to take a step back and realize that you know, first, the first initial move this morning was a steepening of the curve where the actual front-end shorter-dated securities did better throughout the course of the day. Ten-year treasuries are now down 10 basis points, and as you said, broke through 175. And we kind of look at a broader range. We've been really stuck between a 150, 2 percent. I mean, that's the think like the, the, the levels where people, you know, either find interest or start to get, get um, concerned about you know, markets getting a little too rich. But I think you know, there is definitely scope for a slightly lower yields from here. And I think, you know, although the jobs data, you know, this is one bad print. I mean, the backward revisions were not great, and, and definitely doesn't suggest that there's momentum. And in fact. They were revised down, and it's typically not customary to see the revisions up again after such backward revisions were put down in a weak print like this. So the jobs data typically is a lagging indicator. It looks like it's caught up with the weakness in, in the mixed economy that we've had all throughout Q1 and Q2. George, I'm going to bring up a corporate bond issue just to maybe add some context to this. Bank of America recently issued a $1 billion uh, bond uh, priced in yen, designed obviously for Japanese uh, investors. The coupon was 
9%. And this seems to be appearing what, regardless of the risk because, I mean, Moody's S&P, they've both given Bank of America the third lowest investment grade score. Are these European and Japanese pension funds or anyone looking for positive yield, are they going to get hurt later? Look, I think um, when you look at it from a local currency denomination, I mean, those are you know very unique uh, issues. Uh, in general, I mean, this low rate environment, you know, eventually will co- is coiling up for some sort of uh, repricing in the future. But in order for that to really happen, we, we need to see a an impulse higher in inflation. It really started hopefully in the U.S. and and you would hope that Japan and, and Europe can get some some action there as well. But unfortunately, you know, the deflationary tides have been strong and and, and really. Fixed income has been supported by all that and all these flows in combination. It's, I mean, at some point there will be a day of reckoning for the bond market. It's just the people have been calling for it for the last seven years and have missed out on a lot of opportunities as well. So I think that's, that's the real issue here. Janet Yellen speaks on Monday, George, and I know you and your team are all, all ready for that jobs report today. Uh, what are you looking for on Mondays? Is, is, is it all kind of priced in now? Does it not matter what she says? Because this jobs report was so weak, you say, hey, June's off the table, maybe July 2, or not. Look, I think June is, is now clearly off the table. I, I think the best that we can expect for is just to kind of see some you know, qualifiers of why, you know, this sort of slowdown is happening, but yet how come they've lowered their bar? I mean, the last two or three weeks, they went on, a, on almost on a rampage of sounding hawkish that they, you know, were trying to push back on the market and really challenge the market because the market was basically pricing them out all throughout this year. They managed to get probabilities back up again, but then the data hasn't cooperated. And I think, like, the, the challenge will be to, you know, to make the case that, the, that they're still engaged, that the, the, their hurdle rate is probably lower, but is it 38,000? I highly doubt it. I, mean, I think that most likely they'd like to see you know, jobs bounce back you know, in the 100, 150 range. And they'd be comfortable hiking if that's the case. But I don't think that you know, what we should expect from her on Monday, you know, I don't think a complete 180, because I think they've, they've, they've kind of now boxed themselves in a little bit by, by sounding so hawkish. I think at, what we should expect is that, look, they're, they're mindful of the outlook. They know there's some risks around the U.K. referendum. They're going to at least sound po- positive at the June meeting. The, the, the outlook looks better. I think she has to deliver a message consistent with that because she's basically bridging the gap between recent hawkish speech and the upcoming meeting. George Goncalves, thank you so very much for joining us on this Friday on Taking Stock. George is Managing Director and Head of U.S. Rates Strategy at Memorial Securities saying the jobs report was a week indeed. One of the big reasons we see bond yields falling even further today, rally at the short end as well. This is Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Coming up on Taking Stock, bank stocks, treasury yields, and the dollar all dropped today after the weak jobs report. We're going to find out where to put your money next with Scott Wren of Wells Fargo Investments.